It's a good thing the demonologist is out of the country. I love that journey. So, note to self, don't start getting haunted when the demonologist <laughs> is not in town. Be like, wait, what, ki- what weeks are you in town? Okay, that's when I'll have my demon crisis. Oh, hell no. I don't understand why they don't sleep with their comforter. Was I supposed to see something? I don't know, I really didn't see anything. And welcome back to our podcast, How Real Is That Science, where we attempt to confirm or refute the legitimacy of science within pop culture. I'm Natalie. And I'm Nicole. We're STEM graduate students interested in science communication. But we don't claim to be experts on the topics we're going to discuss. We have, however, done our research. And that's the important part, folks. Always do your research. Today, we are going to discuss spiritualism, the belief that the dead can communicate with the living, and the role of science in exposing fraudsters. And I want to be really clear that we are not telling anyone what to believe. We're not denouncing anyone's religion or spiritual beliefs. There's an interesting connection between scientific research, the supernatural, and exposing people who took advantage of spiritualist beliefs to commit fraud. And that's what we're going to explore today. Many societies around the world have had long histories with supernatural beliefs. Many of these beliefs stem from our attempts to explain things that we cannot, at the time, comprehend. Solid same. A graduate student I worked with during undergrad had a sticker at her desk that said, it's magic until it's science, which I always loved. Wow, I really love that. I know. I mean, that's essentially summing up why we have events in history, Mm -hmm. like the Salem Witch Trials, which is a whole other thing we can get into. I did a thesis in the in like the 11th grade about it solid so interesting it would give you all the reason you need to talk about the Blair Witch Project oh my gosh (laughs) love the Blair Witch Project uh yes but since the enlightenment era of the late 17th century scholars philosophers and scientists have predicted that belief in the supernatural would decrease as people looked instead to scientific experimentation and observation but belief in the supernatural has never fully gone away a Pew Research Center study from 2009 found that 3 in 10 Americans, or around 29%, say they have felt in touch with someone who has died. Nearly 1 in 5 say they have been in the presence of a ghost, 18%, while 15% say they have consulted with a fortune teller or a psychic, which I don't believe in ghosts and I would totally do. (laughs) It just sounds kind of fun, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I just want to know. Yeah, exactly. One explanation of these persistent beliefs in supernatural phenomena is the amount of mass media centered on these themes. Research from the Purdue University Department of Communications indicates that in the absence of personal experience with paranormal phenomena, exposure to particular programs that regularly depict paranormal activity is associated with an increased tendency to endorse paranormal beliefs. Referring to supernatural depictions, there are a large number of books, movies, and TV shows that could be mentioned. The Sixth Sense, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, as we previously mentioned, The Blair Witch Project, (laughs) Twilight, True Blood, Charmed, 
and The Exorcist, just to name a few. Yeah, the list goes on and on, but we're going to focus on depictions of psychics and mediums, people that communicate with the dead or display supernatural abilities to just know things. But first, a bit of history. Many cultures around the world have had their own belief about the afterlife and communication with the dead. In the mid-19th century, during spiritualism, America and England saw these beliefs directly investigated and contested by skeptics. Spiritualism is considered a non-organized religious movement based on the belief that departed souls can interact with the living. This contact was usually made through mediums who were believed to have the ability to contact spirits directly. The case often credited with starting the spiritualist movement is that of the Fox sisters in Hydesville, New York. The Fox family lived in a house with a reputation for being haunted, but in 1848, the family began to hear mysterious quote-unquote rapping sounds. One night, the youngest daughter of the family, 10-year-old Kate, began to communicate with the believed spirit, making these rapping noises. She asked that it repeat the snapping pattern she made with her fingers. After the spirit complied, they continued to question it, asking it to rap the ages of Kate and her older sister Maggie, who was 14. Amazed by this communication, neighbors were invited over to experience the phenomenon. They increased the complexity of the communication by developing wrapping codes to indicate a yes or a no. In 1849, the Fox sisters demonstrated their spirit communication in front of a paying public audience. This is believed to be the first of many public, for-profit, spiritualism events demonstrated by mediums. And it attracted believers as well as skeptics. By 1850, scientists and skeptics were theorizing that the cracking of joints was responsible for these mysterious noises and that the Fox sisters were frauds. And we're, I, I can't get over that. That is so gross that it's the cracking of joints. I would be losing my mind. Yeah. That's it's gross. a lot. Yeah. I mean, I just, to call it a rapping noise. Oh, you just cracked it. I know. Me. I know. I couldn't help it. <laughs> I hate that sound. So a physician, E.P. Longworthy, which is just such an 1800s name. I love it. What a great name. Investigated the sisters and noted that the rapping noises always came from under their skirts near their feet. Three more investigators from the University of Buffalo similarly concluded that the sounds were produced by the cracking of joints. Ugh. (laughs) They also conducted a control experiment and found that the noises did not occur if the Fox sisters were placed on a couch with cushions under their feet. And that's important. Always perform your controls. (laughs) It's unclear how widely publicized these investigations were, but the Fox sisters continued to demonstrate their talents to believers for many more years. In 1853, a patent examiner named Charles Grafton Page, another great 19th century name. Strong names investigated the Fox sisters. Detecting fraudulent claims about science was an everyday part of his job. While investigating the sisters, he noticed, as others had before, that the noises came from beneath their dresses. He asked if the spirits could produce sound elsewhere in the room, away from the girls' bodies, but they could not comply. After observing the Fox sisters, Paige actually devised devices that could emulate the rapping noises the girls produced and that could be concealed under long clothing. But belief in the Fox sisters' abilities persisted. In 1857, the Boston Courier set up a contest that would award $500 to a medium that could demonstrate their paranormal ability to a committee of Harvard professors. The Fox sisters entered, but were again deemed to be frauds. The attention the Fox sisters gained, the opportunity to make money, and the historical context of religious reform movements happening at this time likely all contributed to the emergence of many more mediums. In the early years of the spiritualist movement, American medium Maria B. Hayden was credited with introducing spiritualism to England. 
In the years to come, this would result in an international effort to debunk spiritualism and mediums. In America, there wasn't any sort of unified national committee to investigate mediums. Instead, there were many independent commissions that often were set up at universities. In England, the Society for Psychical Research was formed by many leading scientists at the time in order to investigate claims of unexplored phenomena without prejudice. And I will say this is a really noble idea. At its core, science is about rigorously mm-hmm. testing an idea without bias or prejudice as to the result. These were unexplained phenomena, and investigating them with the scientific method was a reasonable reaction. Agreed. And that's what has always really interested me personally about the spiritualist movement. So let's talk about what phenomena these committees and societies investigated. The Society for Psychical Research was founded with the intention to study hypnotism, thought transference, mediumship, apparitions, and haunted houses. Yep, a very tall order. And many of the American commissions shared these goals. I also want to note that several of the fathers of American psychology were part of this psychical research and wanted to integrate it with the emerging field of psychology. There were a lot of important people at the time associated with the spiritualist movement on both the believer and investigator side. Famously, Mary Todd Lincoln organized seances during her time in the White House. Presumably also attended by her husband, President Lincoln. (laughs) There's some really great ghosts in the White House, though. I'd be super into a White House seance. I'd attend any seance once, just because. So, back to the other point, there were a solid handful of prominent scientists that promoted the investigation of mediums and paranormal events. To name a few that were considered converts and believed to some degree that genuine spiritualist mediums existed, we've got chemist William Crookes, that's not a great name, (laughs) who discovered the element thallium. Alfred Russell Wallace, an evolutionary biologist that co-developed the theory of natural selection with Charles Darwin. Physicist Sir Oliver Lodge, who worked on understanding electromagnetic radiation. Pierre Curie, who, along with his wife, Marie Curie, discovered the elements radium and polonium. Specifically, Pierre encouraged the scientific study of mediums. He was very enthusiastic about them. Marie Curie remained extremely dubious, which is reasonable. Definitely. There was also Arthur Conan Doyle, physician and author of Sherlock Holmes. He actually ended up leading many members of the Society for Psychical Research to leave after it exposed too many mediums as frauds because they believed the society had become biased against spiritualism. (laughs) Wow. Okay, and then the last prominent scientist we'll mention is Thomas Edison. He was very interested in developing a quote-unquote spirit phone, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which would allow us to hear the voices of the dead and record them, which is is so fun. I would love a spirit phone. I know. I really wonder what he would think of all the high-tech devices, quote-unquote, that are used in ghost hunting TV shows today. Those shows are such insanity. They're pretty unconvincing to me, and I guess it's just because they're so over the top. Yeah, I know what you mean, but they're still kind of a guilty pleasure for me. So I gather that you understand where all of these scientists that believe in spiritualism are coming from. Oh, I totally do. I wouldn't say that I really believe in it personally, but if we could get good scientific proof, I'd love that. I really do understand that feeling that it's magic until it's science, though. I have felt that on a very personal level when I don't understand what my own experiments are doing. (laughs) Yeah, I totally feel that. In addition to scientists and scholars, illusionists were also a big part of debunking mediums. Yeah. Harry Houdini initially was very genuinely interested. After his mother died, he wanted to contact her, so he sought out mediums. However, as he was an accomplished illusionist, he found it very easy to identify their fraudulent methods. 
Eventually, he just traveled all over to investigate mediums and then expose them, which, solid, go for it. And he was very vocally upset with these fraudulent mediums, calling them, quote, vultures who prey on the bereaved. He also wrote an entire book about his experience called A Magician Among Spirits, which I need to put that on my reading list. It's a solid title. It's free online. I can link you. At one point, he was offering $10,000 to anyone who could display a supernatural ability that he could not replicate. He also devised a secret code with his wife and friends so that when he died, they would know whether any medium trying to channel his spirit was genuine. After Houdini died, his wife began offering the $10,000 to anyone that could help her contact her husband's spirit. A man named Arthur Ford came forward and announced he had received a message from Houdini. Houdini's wife validates that the message was using the code that they had devised and believed it a genuine message from Houdini himself. We should come up with a code. Okay. But we can't announce it on the podcast (laughs) because then it's not secret. Okay, but we're going to do this for science. Obviously for science. Okay, so let's talk about psychics and mediums or just ghost communication in general in pop culture. There are a number of paranormal investigation TV shows. Most of them are believers to some extent, so I don't personally feel like they spend enough time trying to debunk footage or the sounds that they gather. Like, when they play back recordings that are like, wow, this voice is so clear. It totally said, I want to kill you. And they play it back all enhanced, and it just sounds like scrambled static sounds or, like, humming from various electronic devices. Yeah, I know. I'm like, that's the sound my TV made when I fell asleep watching a VHS as a child. No, but, like, honestly, like, that's what I find really entertaining about them. They're not that convincing. Sometimes they're just (laughs) reaching for straws. But there are more modern shows like BuzzFeed Unsolved that at least feature a skeptic. So you get, at the very least, a devil's advocate perspective. Yeah, and a lot of humor from that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I still think a really cool example of this is actually the TV show Psych. Because it's all about passively faking being a psychic. Yes, that's a really cool example. I'm really glad you brought it up. I don't think it's contributing to people believing in the paranormal, but it's a really cool way to see how someone would make you believe that they had psychic abilities. And I think there's so much other media about people with real supernatural abilities for every target audience. From That's a Raven to The Long Island Medium to Supernatural to The Sixth Sense. It hits every target audience. Yeah. I think this is what the sociology research we mentioned at the beginning is kind of getting at. There's so much of it presented to us and you're interested in it enough to watch these kinds of media. So you've probably more likely to believe some part of it at least. And I think particularly when you come across the horror genre, people tend to think it's real because that's kind of the point of the movie is to convince you that it's real and that you should be afraid of it. And to show you that if you didn't think of that before, you probably should because it might be real. Yes. No, I completely agree. Um, You love horror movies. I do. I love them. I appreciate when they end. (laughs) Sometimes I can even enjoy them in hindsight. It's a very complicated relationship. But we just watched Paranormal Activity and I was very high strung. I think found footage films are fantastic horror movie concepts. Yeah, I I love found footage horror films. I think they're a really good medium for building up tension. Mm, definitely. Especially when they're done well. You see that with the Blair Witch Project. Mm-hmm. But I think that Paranormal Activity also did this really well with building up your anticipation, especially because there's no background music. It showed yeah. it like it was mm-hmm. a real 
home movie that you just found, you know, at a garage sale. And sometimes this type of anticipation can only be done in a found footage type horror film. I completely agree with that. I was watching through my peripheral vision for some parts. I really don't get how you did that, but it definitely (laughs) had some jump scares and I did enjoy them. I think it would just be so scary to see in movie theaters. Like, I didn't find it scary. I found it really interesting. And I feel like it would just be so fun to see in theaters with the loud sounds and the really big video. I think that yeah. would be great. No, I I think it would be an experience. I'm not sure I want to experience it, but... I think we should experience it. <laughs> okay, I'll go rent a movie theater. I don't, I don't know what to do about that. But yeah, I mean, my point is, it, it could convince me that, like, paranormal activity is real. Well, especially at, like, two in the morning, if you hear a sound, you'd be like, oh my god, That's just like the movie, yeah. Right, no. it's not something that you think, this happened specifically at this point in this movie. Yeah. But because you saw the movie, it's ingrained in your thought. So you hear the sound and you're like, wow, my cat knocked over a cup or something. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm getting haunted. Yeah. And I feel like that's really... When you watch a good horror movie or you watch a good show about these paranormal experiences, that's the sign that it's good. It follows you around. Yeah. It's just that little bit of a what if. Exactly. A little bit. Just a little bit. Well, that's it for this week's episode. It's spooky season and we are ready and willing to talk about all things supernatural. We also love to hear your thoughts on today's episode. So find us on our social media. Okay, so we're on Twitter at HowRealSciPod. Instagram at HowReal underscore SciPod. And our website, anchor.fm backslash HowReal is that science. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and probably wherever you're listening to this right now. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. We'll be back in a few weeks to talk about the science behind the horror movie, The Fly, and its remake, The Fly. (laughs) Find out next time with How Real Is That Science. That's a really good ending. I hated it, but it's a really good ending. Right. That's a good, like, scary ending. Mm-hmm.